You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. Check out all the good stuff we have there leading into the week for you uh, of critical importance here as we're in the fantasy football championships for most leagues. Uh, and uh, that's why we have to take time breaking down all the games. We did the first half on Matchup Wednesday like we usually do. So we need to devote the equal time to the second half of games on the slate. Finishing up your 1 p.m. Sunday schedule, diving into the 4 p.m. window, and then getting to the night games Sunday and Monday as well. So going to look at all those games uh, and uh, give you a little bit more deep dive into DFS on DraftKings tomorrow, looking at how we're going to fill up our lineups there, some value plays that you're going to look at there as uh, two weeks left of DFS as well, as well as your injury updates. We'll incorporate some of those in terms of what we know into the games today. But uh, let's get right to it here. Uh, looking at the Ravens-Browns, picking up where we did leave off at the 1 p.m. window. We didn't talk about that game. And you look at this one, the Ravens are 10-point favorites. They did lose badly to the Browns. They gave up 40 points in the first matchup. That was in Baltimore. This one is in Cleveland. It's a 48-over-under right now. So... Enough points there on both sides, but implied much higher total here for the Ravens. So let's start with the Ravens. This one's the easy one. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Mark Andrews. That's where you go. You're not going to extend to Marquise Brown. Two hit or miss, even with his game last week where he scored only a little bit more than 40 yards receiving. So we can't go there because you could easily get two catches for 10 or really nothing out of him if they can run all over the Browns, who did get demolished by... uh, Kenyon Drake and Kyler Murray last week so you think that bodes well for Ingram and Jackson to stay hot in this matchup on the road and the Ravens have plenty to play for they can rest in week 17 if they win this game they'll wrap up the number one seed throughout the AFC playoffs so they want to take care of business now get some of those banged up players Uh, Lamar a little bit of rest I mean he has been running wild Mark Ingram is an older running back so they're going to be highly motivated not only for the revenge factor for the first loss at home but really for their big Super Bowl hopes here. This game is pretty critical. So I think they'll come out and play well. I think it's going to be a lot of running here for the Ravens. I think this game could be a little closer than we think when the Browns did blow them out in the first game. The Ravens' defense has improved quite a bit since that matchup, and we know the Browns have become a little bit more dysfunctional, and it won't be as easy for Nick Chubb to run here in the rematch there. So keeping it simple the Ravens, the guys that have produced more consistently, and we know at a high level, that's been uh, Jackson, Ingram, and Andrews. And, of course, you can play the Ravens' defense. The Browns make a lot of mistakes. They even did so against the Cardinals on the road in what was supposed to be a very favorable matchup for them last week. They're at home, so that l- helps a little bit with uh, Baker Mayfield, but still you're not going there. 
Jarvis Landry, you have to play, even though it could get Marlon Humphrey. Humphrey did struggle last week against Jameson Crowder. They've been kind of hit or miss in the slot with Humphrey. Sometimes they're a little bit lax. I think they'll be a little bit more motivated this week after Crowder had the big game. So Humphrey could definitely rebound here against Landry. And Landry definitely was very frustrated in a much more favorable matchup against the Cardinals. So we see how that plays out. But Landry, you got to play him at this point. I think you also have to play Odell Beckham Jr. I know it's not been great, but in PPR, the volume is certainly there. And you really don't have too many options where you feel someone's going to see the ball there. So I think you're going to take your chances with Beckham and Landry. I don't see a lot there. I wouldn't play them in DFS, but in seasonal, they might be your best options here in the wide receiver two or three range in this particular week. Now, tight end's a little bit of a mess with David Njoku was a healthy scratch. Ricky Seals-Jones is a bit banged up as well going into this game. So I just uh, I just don't want to trust too much in the Browns. Nick Chubb, you're certainly going there. I'm not going to extend a Kareem Hunt this week. But Chubb, you got to play him. Don't expect this same big game he had the first time. I think it'll be a lot tougher the second time around. But, again, Chubb has to be in there. He's the leading rusher in the AFC, a pro bowler. He's in there. Hope for the best there. You know you can get it done with volume, but I'm not going with Kareem Hunt in this game at all. So there's a look at that game at 1 p.m. We still have one more 1 p.m. game to talk about. That's the Panthers and the Colts. Now, the Colts are 6.5-point favorites. This line has stayed steady. Even with the change here in quarterback for the Panthers, going with rookie Will Greer over Kyle Allen, you knew this was inevitable after Allen's four-interception game. A lot of turnovers of late. The Panthers aren't winning, so they need to make a change, see what they have in Will Greer before they look at their options in the draft next year. Let's start with the Panthers, by the way. Will Greer, what is the difference between him and Kyle Allen? Kyle Allen's not anywhere near top option. The thing Kyle Allen was doing was running a little bit. He was throwing underneath a lot. So a lot of DJ Moore, a lot of Greg Olson, dump-offs to Christian McCaffrey. Now the slight change with Will Greer is that he's not much of a runner. He's more of a pocket passer. He's very aggressive throwing downfield. So a little bit of Drew Locke, uh, that mentality, that type of offense where he's not going to be afraid to throw the ball, which can be helpful at times. It can lead to some more turnovers. But they're playing him to see what they've got here. I don't think it hurts the receivers too much. I think it might help them make a few more big plays in this one, so that's good for Curtis Samuel. But still, you look at uh, the slot situation, I mean, they're pretty regular on the outside with Moore and Samuel, but Kenny Moore is out for the Colts. He's by far their best defensive back. So they can move guys around here, but the middle of the field still should be open here for Moore. The shorter passes, he's a big playmaker. It's just too good to say that he's not going to get it done just because Samuel gets a bump here and Olsen returns. So that's yet another person that can draw some attention of the Colts defense in this one. So Moore certainly keeps playing in your lineup as a wide receiver 2-1 borderline. I think Samuel comes in the conversation as a little bit more appealing wide receiver 3 flex, especially with this matchup and Greer throwing downfield a little bit more. Olsen back in the mix for tight end, taking over from Ian Thomas. Last two games, he wants to go out on a high note, probably in his career here, Olsen. So that's why he wanted to come back from the concussion and produce, and this matchup has been pretty good two tight ends for most of the season. Malik Hooker, by the way, the safety is a little banged up with a hand injury as well. He's been kind of hurting all year, so that kind of helps Olsen in the middle field, and security blanket for rookie quarterback tends to be a tight end. So 
there's that. On the Colts side of things, you can't go with Jacoby Brissett. You just can't trust him. I think you could look at T.Y. Hilton, a little bit of a DFS play. They can move him around. Dante Jackson, maybe get him in that matchup, a smaller receiver that can maybe cause problems for James Bradbury as well. So I think they'll use a little bit more Hilton. They've got nothing to lose at this point. They're out of the playoffs. And Hilton wants to play well, finish well here in the last two games of the season. So there's that. I'm not going to Zach Paschal. I'm really not feeling Jack Doyle either. I mean, he's really disappointed in two games in a row here. And the Panthers are a tough matchup against tight end. So not going there. So if I'm looking at Colt, I think the one dark play is T.Y. Hilton. The one surefire play is Marlon Mack. You know the Colts want to run the ball, shorten games. The Panthers' big weakness is against the run it's been that case for several weeks now. The Colts are a running team. They're going to get Mac going. Great offensive line there. That's the way they want to play, and I think it's going to be a lot of Mac. And therefore, I think there'll be some garbage opportunities for Will Greer and his receivers here, and uh, no weather concerns here in this game. So if you need to chase McLaughlin, who's kicked for three teams now, produced well at home, indoors, filling in for Adam Vinatieri, that's a good spot. And uh, Joey Sly as well, maybe some field goals as well as the Colts can give those up on the other side. So good situations for the passing game and kicking games with no elements here in Week 16. Now we still have six more games to talk about from Week 16, but first got to tell you about Spotify Wrapped. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot, tag us at Locked On Live and on Twitter, and we will share and retweet that to everyone else so hope you've enjoyed the podcast and if you unwrap some good content use spotify rap to show us some love there on social media we'll be right back here to break down three more games from the week 16 schedule in our next segment okay let's uh pick up where we left off now we are now into the 4 p.m window so we've taken care of one we've dusted that if you need to check out any analysis from the games we didn't talk about today on matchup thursday funny enough they're available on matchup wednesday so you have a little bit more time to digest here no thursday game so you can get the updates on the saturday games the rest of the 1 p.m games there but let's move forward here with our 405 window it's the lions and broncos here the Broncos are seven-point favorites. The over-under is pretty low. It's 38 points in this game, so not expecting a big shootout by any means. Let's start with the Broncos. I mean, you look at the Lions' defense, and it's an absolute mess. They're keeping Matt Patricia. I have no idea why, but this defense is just awful at this point. Just didn't do anything against the Bucks. but you got to be careful with the Broncos. I think you can only trust Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant in the passing game. That could help Drew Locke have a pretty good streaming day alone, just those two guys. They've come up with big plays for him here early in his tenure as a starting quarterback. He's 2-1. and one. He's back at home. The Lions defense pretty weak. But I also like Phillip Lindsay in this game a lot. Lions are pretty leaky against the run all year. They'll use Lindsay quite a bit. The game script should be in the Broncos' favor for sure in this one. So... Again, Lindsey, Fant, and Sutton. I think Lindsey is an RB2. Fant, definitely a back-end tight end one this week. And Sutton still locked in as a wide receiver two for you this week. And the Broncos defense, another sneaky streamer here. David Blau is really struggling. They do get Kerryon Johnson back, it looks like. And there are some healthier offensive linemen for the Lions, so that could help a little bit in this game. But I still like the Broncos to make some plays against Blau, who did have a pick six against the Buccaneers last week so the undrafted rookie struggling a lot these two actually hooked up in college purdue and mizzou but uh again 
Locke got the better of that game. I think he'll get the better of this game. There'll be some turnovers for sure from the Lions. Broncos should have a rather clean game at home and win this one pretty well. Revenge game for Matt Prater, not playing him against the Broncos, even in this uh, mile high condition because the over-under is so low. So avoid McManus and Prater in this game. Lions defense stay far away from Broncos certainly can be producing like a top five unit this week with some big plays. Kind of like they did a couple weeks ago, surprising us in that Texans matchup, but a lot better than that here this week. For the Lions, I think outside of that, I wouldn't try to trust Kerryon Johnson in his first game back. Bo Scarborough banged up. Their other option was Wes Hills, so not feeling it with the Lions running game here. Kenny Galladay, I'm not feeling it either. I mean, if you need Danny Amendola in a cheap PPR, you could look there, but I'm not going there against the Broncos. Chris Harris Jr. will probably be locked on Galladay, maybe a few double plays or double teams as well. And we know Harris can go in the slot when needed if Amendola becomes the go-to guy. So not feeling with Galladay, Johnson, really any of the Lions in this particular game. Unfortunately, Galladay getting double teamed, the center of attention, and Blau not playing well all adds up to a lot of bad things with no Marvin Jones. The next game we'll look at on the radar is the uh, Raiders and Chargers. This is another of those four or five games. We really only have two of those this week. Uh, But, again, involving another half of the AFC West here. The Chargers are seven-point favorites at home. Remember, the Raiders demolished the Chargers on Thursday night. It got a little close in the first meeting. But that was a different Raiders team. They were playing a little bit more inspired better overall let's start uh, with the Raiders side of things Josh Jacobs is going to miss this game again they decided with the shoulder they didn't like the way he kind of ran and responded last week playing against the Jaguars so more DeAndre Washington matchup is okay the Chargers have been a little bit better of late filling with linebacker and having Derwin James back to help in run support but still Washington as a high volume back here certainly capable of being played in this game so certainly you can go there if you especially if you're Jacobs owner you should just pivot to Washington this week even if you're not I think you can look at him as an RB2 or flex play depending on the size of your league for sure I mean touches and uh, volume are key for running backs and Washington certainly in line to get most of those in this game now Elsewhere for the Raiders, you play Darren Waller. That's basically what you've done with the Raiders for most of the season. You play the running back and you play Waller. I'm not going to Tyrell Williams, the former Charger against the secondary. I don't see him getting it done here again in another matchup. Uh, he did score last week, but the Charger secondary can be tough with Casey Hayward. And they don't really have too much. We'll see about Hunter Renfro returning, but I don't think that helps Williams too much. So Waller and Washington are your Raiders plays. I'm not going back to the Raiders defense. Don't chase what they did. In the first matchup, it's different at home in prime time versus on the road here, buried on the schedule. Now looking at the Chargers side of things, again, don't chase what you saw with Phillip Rivers. I think he's very capable of being played here. Had a nice rebound game. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we know he melted down against the Vikings, so he t- tends to go up and down, but the Raiders' defense is not the Vikings' defense. They can't cover any of his principal guys, Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, and uh, Hunter Henry. So Keenan Allen, nice wide receiver one this week. Mike Williams is in wide receiver three, firm conversation, and a nice-looking flex this week. Henry should be back in your lineup after that clunker from last week. Uh, that was a much tougher matchup. I think he'll rebound here against the Raiders and be involved and could easily score. So I could see multiple touchdowns for Phillip Rivers for sure. I could also see some coming from the backfield with Melvin Gordon and uh, Austin Eckler. I mean, 
really all the Chargers are play. I think Gordon to me is more of the the play, kind of as RB two. Eckler is a little bit higher feeling RB two in PPR leagues at this point, but both certainly have to be played this week. Eckler, you look at the numbers, really it adds up to an RB one this year. So I think he's been one of the more underappreciated players in fantasy football this year. So. He stays in your lineup. I don't think the Raiders have any answers for him. At linebacker and Gordon can be the closer. But one thing we're going to keep in mind with Gordon, he did lose two fumbles last week. So we'll see if Anthony Lynn may be teetering on maybe losing his job after a bad loss to the Vikings. Will he go the secure route knowing that Gordon is probably not going to be in Los Angeles? So something to watch there. A little wear that makes Eckler a lot more comfortable play as well as the two wide receivers and the tight end here for the Chargers. And that adds up to Phillip Rivers. And he's got good... DFS value because I don't think a lot of people are on Phillip Rivers. I mean, we tend to chase points and not to look forward. And uh, there's a lot of evidence against Rivers that he struggled in the first matchup and he looked horrible against the Vikings last week. Don't look, look at recency bias. Look at right now. And I, I think this is a good rebound spot for all things in the Chargers. Except for Eckler, he never really needs to rebound. He always has good games. Now, we switch to the 425 window. Now we move over from the AFC West to the NFC West. The Seahawks are 9.5-point favorites at home. It's a 51 over-under. So we're expecting some points here from both sides. Let's start with the Seahawks. You're playing your main guys here. Russell Wilson, for sure, as your QB1. Tyler Lockett is a wide receiver one. That's how good this matchup is. You look at Chris Carson, running back one, chance to smash it again after a big game against the Panthers, so he could be leading people to a championship all of a sudden with the Rashad Penny injury tilting this backfield fully to him in a good matchup here. So RB1 there, wide receiver 1, QB1, wide receiver 2, and DK Metcalf. That's how bad this uh, Cardinals secondary is. Metcalf has been very good and consistent all season. When he's not scoring, he's getting involved a lot with targets. So you feel good about the Seahawks' principles across the board. If you need their defense, you can look that way. But keep in mind, J.D. Mount Clowney, we'll see if he can go with the core muscle injury that he has. It looks like Ziggy Ansah will return. But they could be banged up quite a bit, the Seahawks. So I would pivot away from them if I can. Bobby Wagner is dealing with an ankle injury as well. Quandre Diggs is going to miss the game with an injury. So they're really depleted here. We know already Shaquille Griffin their corner will try to play through a hamstring, but not guaranteed in this matchup for sure. So so I'm uh, having a little pause if you're thinking about the Seahawks and you're relying on sacks here, but I don't know if you're going to get the turnovers from Kyler Murray that you're looking for. Kyler Murray, by the way, a good play here. We'll see about Christian Kirk. He has an ankle injury. Really was a little slow to bite last week. Didn't produce in that matchup against the Browns. So we'll see if he can rebound, but not all that appealing. They used Demir Bird quite a bit last week. And uh, Larry Fitzgerald... Is still hanging around, but it seems like Murray just kind of gets creative, gets it done with different guys every week with his running and passing. He spreads the ball quite around here, so hard to trust Kirk, but if he's healthy and out there, I think you can look at him as wide receiver three, especially if uh, Griffin doesn't play for the Seahawks. There's certainly some more appeal there for uh, Murray overall, but I like Murray on the road. I think he can make this a closer game than the 9.5, maybe around a touchdown, which means there should be a lot of scoring here given the state of the Seahawks' defense there. So I think you start stick with Kenny and Drake. It's a little bit tougher. The Seahawks are better against run. But again, Wagner's out. That's going to help a lot of, for Drake in both the running and the short passing game. He's not going to get four TDs again. I mean, it's hard for anyone to duplicate that, but he'll be steady and usable, again, as an RB2 or flex. 
Kirk Moore is a wide receiver three in deeper leagues this week. Murray as a backhand QB one, and he's finishing that year like that. So there's a look at three more games. We're up to now a good 13, three more to get to here in our back-to-back matchup shows, matchup Wednesday and matchup Thursday. We know it's almost the end of the season. It's exciting, and uh, Christmas is also here as well. Coming up quickly as we're approaching the 25th, and our friends at MyBookie want to make your season special with 12 Days of Gifts. My bookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sports books in the industry. This holiday season, they're getting into the spirit of giving with 12 straight days of giveaways. That's right, 12 days of risk-free gifts, a new gift every single day, so you can take your game to the next level. They kicked this promotion on the 14th here with a free parlay for the UFC, and they'll keep up the gift-giving through the 25th. Free bets, free spins, futures, and more. While Santa has is, they've checked off their list. They've got a little something for everyone. And this is the promotion that you don't want to miss, especially with the NBA and NHL in full swing and all the college bowls games around the corner. It really is the holiday season, the best time of the year for sports betting. And that includes the end here of the NFL season. Parlays, teaser specials, anything you could ever ask for. My bookie's here to make Christmas great again. My bookie is waiting for you right now. All you have to do is go to... Uh, MyBookie.ag and use the promo code Locked On to get half of your initial deposit and free wagers. And just that's only a start of your savings. Make sure to check the site out during this promotion because there's going to be something new every day. You're going to want to take advantage of these deals. So sign up for MyBookie with Locked On as the code and start winning today. MyBookie.ag. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. We'll be right back here to wrap up the show, looking at the final three games of Week 16. All right, uh, we left some marquee value here for the end here. We have the essential first primetime game at 425, also like the Cardinals and Seahawks game. The Cowboys traveling to the Eagles, essentially the NFC Championship game. It is for the Cowboys if they win. If the Eagles win, they still need the Cowboys to lose their in a or need to beat the Giants there in the final game to make sure the Eagles win the division. But in all essence, it's a championship game for the division. So everyone's going to be trying to play their best here. 46 and a half. The Cowboys are two-point favorites here. They won the first matchup 37 to 10. It was all Cowboys there in Dallas. So I don't know if it's going to be like that. On the road, the Cowboys are a little different. Dak Prescott a little banged up with a... Bit of a right shoulder inju- injury there. He really has uh, never dealt with an injury. So we'll see how he plays with that. It is outdoors. We saw the Bears game didn't go so well for him a few weeks ago. But the Cowboys are in such a better matchup this week. And the Eagles secondary stinks. Their pass rush is depleted. You have Amari Cooper who eats up the Eagles. Michael Gallup should get open. Randall Cobb can get open. You got the tight ends can do some damage in this one. So... Dak, you've trusted him all year. Pro Bowl snub, a little bit motivated, needs that contract still. I think there's a lot of reasons for Dak to prove things in this game, and the matchup is certainly very favorable on the road. So put your trust in Dak. Again, the Cowboys could win this game a little easier, so maybe not the high volume, just like in the Rams game where he got the two touchdowns early and it was all about Ezekiel Elliott scoring twice and Tony Pollard and all that. The Eagles are a little tougher against the run, so figure he's going to throw a little bit more and uh, take advantage of the matchups outside. So Cooper and Gallup should have him 
getting a big day as well as the other receivers getting involved and his running as well. So Dak certainly is locked in as QB1 here this week. Ezekiel Elliott, two touchdowns last week. A little tougher matchup, but he's Ezekiel Elliott. He's an RB1 for you. Not extending to Tony Pollard, however, in this matchup like we did against the Rams, and he probably didn't even do that because that was a little bit out of nowhere coming back from injury. But uh, Gallup, Cooper, feeling them quite a bit in this game. I'm not going to trust my championship hopes on Cobb or Jason Witten unless I'm really desperate. But uh, Cooper and Gallup, you can finally feel like those guys will go off together in this game. No tough corner matchup on the other side. Now, uh, elsewhere uh, in this game, you look at the Cowboys' defense. I would not play them necessarily on the road. There, the Eagles offense, I mean, Carson Wentz, it's a bit of hit or miss. Like, he was not very good in the first game, really struggled. The Cowboys are kind of a bend-don't-break defense, so they're already expecting the Eagles to be a little bit compressed offensively. So Wentz is going to have to be the multiple touchdowns. He can get it there, but uh, I think this could be a little bit tough sledding for the Eagles. I think there'll be a lot of Miles Sanders out of the backfield to kind of play ball control, protect their defense in this one. Uh I mean, Greg Ward Jr. is a top wide receiver. So he did produce uh, there with uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and Ward and made it work last week at Wentz, but it, it could be a little bit tougher this week, I think, against the Cowboys. So Wentz is a bit of a boomer bust play for me, and I, I don't think his boom is going to be that high. It's going to be maybe like 302 if you're looking there, but he could easily also, I could see him have a game where it's like 201 with a couple turnovers as well. So keep that in mind. There's a lot, wide range of outcomes for him, and that makes me a little bit uncomfortable with Wentz, and I would lean towards sitting him if I have any comparable option you know, I'd feel a little bit more confident with this week. Now Sanders, obviously with the volume coming off a big game, he has to be in there for you. Jordan Howard looks like he'll miss another game. Boston Scott, very deep PPR only as a flex that you can look at behind Sanders or Greg Ward. He's the bargain play if you need him here. He's got to get involved a little bit against the Cowboys, but again, he could see some Byron Jones. That could be a little tough for him. Zach Ertz locked in as a tight end one. Dallas Goddard, maybe a back end tight end one, but feel a lot better about Ertz in this one. Not playing the Eagles D, certainly in this one either. So again, proceed with Carson with Wentz. I mean, I think the matchup could work out in your favor, but I feel a lot more confident in other places if you need to check out of it. The next game we'll talk about as we switch to Sunday Night Football, they did not flex this game out, even though the Bears are eliminated. They're hosting the Chiefs here, 5.5-point favorites on the road, the Chiefs are. 43.5 is the over-under. Now, Patrick Mahomes not lighting it up the way we saw, but still went well over 300 in the snow last week. Got a couple touchdowns to Tyreek Hill. So you're going to keep it simple, the Chiefs. You're playing Patrick Mahomes. Don't be afraid of the Bears matchup. He's Patrick Mahomes. He took advantage of a Denver matchup and was solid for you last week. Uh, looking at Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, that's where we're going. We're not extending to any of the other receivers or the backs in this game. The backfield situation just too cloudy here for the Chiefs. So Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, your principals, roll them out. And if you need the Chiefs' defense, they've been playing really well. I know the Bears' offense has played a little bit better as well, but the Bears don't present that running game threat where they can just grind away at the Chiefs, and usually that puts the Chiefs in a good position to uh, put up some fantasy points if they can limit the damage they certainly did that against drew lock got a few turnovers a few sacks in that game and the game script should uh, require the bears to throw a lot which could lead to some points and numbers for the bears but that also increases the risk of turnovers from trubisky and the packers certainly came through 
with a decent game against the Bears defensively last week. And I think the Chiefs are built very similar to the Packers, really, if you look at it. But I think their secondary is playing even better than what we saw with the Packers. So you could play them. I'm not playing the Bears defense. Looking at Mitchell Trubisky, not going there either. Chiefs have been uh, better than you think against the pass, and that's the thing you have to know here. Allen Robinson, you're still playing him. The Chiefs secondary, tough, but I, that's what makes me pause to extend to Anthony Miller. They've been good in the slot as well this season, so I, I just can't go there. I mean, Robinson gets it done with volume sometimes, and uh, he's definitely got to be in your lineup. But in the backfield, interesting, the game script and the usage really favors Tyreek Cohen. They're going to play from behind. When they play from ahead and they have some success, David Montgomery's the guy. I know the Chiefs are vulnerable against the run, but I think the game script's going to call for a lot of Cohen checkdowns. Again, this Chiefs secondary is very good. They struggle against backs and tight ends in the passing game. There's no real tight end of note that's healthy with Adam Shaheen and Trey Burton down for the Bears. So Cohen should be involved a lot, especially with Miller facing a tough matchup and Trubisky not having a lot of time to push the downfield in this game. So if I'm in a PPR format, I'm certainly feeling Cohen a lot more as an RB2 or flex over David Montgomery as the running has been very painful to watch from the Chicago Bears. All seen long, very touchdown dependent there. And I think if the game gets out of hand, they don't really give the ball to Montgomery near the goal line as much as he would like. Uh, there's been a few games like that early in the season, but we haven't seen that quite of late from the Bears. So that's where I'm going. Robinson and Cohen, the way I'm going in with the Bears. If i got a better option than Miller, I'm going that way, even though Miller's played well. And if you need him, you can use him. I just prefer not to because the matchup is tougher than you think. Finally, we have Monday Night Football, the Packers and Vikings. The Packers are five and a half point road underdogs here, 46 and a half. I like the Packers actually to straight up win this game. I think they're just a little bit better all around. I think people look like the Vikings are better, but I think the Packers are better pass defense wise. They've shored up a little bit against the run. They're not as exposed there. But let's start with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, you can certainly start. Uh, Xavier Rhodes a little banged up. He hasn't been good anyway. The Vikings secondary, that's how you beat them. Throw downfield. So Devontae Adams certainly can help Rodgers have a big game here. And other random receivers should get involved here. But it's been up and down for uh, Aaron Rodgers, hit or miss. This one could be tough. If you've uh, got there with the championship, however, with Rodgers, you're going to roll with him here. Adams can certainly have a big game working against Rhodes if that's the case, uh, but they can move him around as well. So just by Adams alone, I think you can look at Rodgers producing uh, by extension and association. So again, Rodgers, Adams, Aaron Jones, that's all I'm going with with the Packers. You can't trust their other receivers. You can't trust their tight ends. You can't even trust Jamal Williams here based on the matchup. So Jones, Adams, Rodgers, that's about it. And if you've got a smash player ahead of Rodgers, you go with that player instead at quarterback this week. Packers defense, I'm not going to play. The Vikings are pretty good at home and protecting the ball all season. Kirk Cousins, I'm not totally feeling. This could be a run-oriented game plan for the Vikings. I mean, the Packers are better against the pass, pass rush, and secondary than they are against the run. And that's where we get to. I think you still play Stefan Diggs. If you need Adam Thielen, you can certainly play feeling this week i just don't love the matchup i mean he has didn't do much i don't think he's at 100 percent. but Diggs could see a little bit of uh jair alexander it was a bit tough sledding in the first matchup for the vikings passing game so i can't totally feel great about this rematch especially the way the packers are playing defensively at the moment i still think there's room for someone to produce we've seen that 
past games where receivers have done something against the Packers. Their secondary hasn't been as good. So, But Diggs are still feeling a little bit more than Thielen in this game. So if you got some better alternatives to Thielen, you can play them this week. Now the running back situation is what we're monitoring here as well. Uh, right now it looks like Dalvin Cook is being ruled out. I mean, that's the vibe uh, that's reports from ESPN. Then the other part of the equation here is that uh, looking at Alexander Madison, is he going to play with the ankle injury? There's some people that say it's a high ankle sprain. We know that usually means a multiple-week absence after he didn't play against the Chargers. So it is lining up for Mike Boone, the hot pickup of the week in championship week, to be the load carrier. And we know what he can do. They love him. He's explosive. He did have two touchdowns last week when Cook went, went out and there was no Madison. So lining towards... However you look at it, uh, Mike Moon being a big factor and the Packers, again, leaky against the run. So certainly a plug-and-play. I think whoever's in the Vikings' backfield, their zone scheme, their blocking, the matchup, all screams that that player is going to be an RB1 borderline here. So Boone could be a league winner all of a sudden, available for one week, and uh, that's crazy, but that's the way fantasy football goes. And if you need Kyle Rudolph, the Packers have actually struggled against the tight ends as well. So that's another way to look at it. So tight ends and running backs, a lot more issues for the Packers than uh, wide receivers and quarterbacks this year. There, and I'm not playing the Vikings defense at all in this game. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of all the games now over two shows for week 16 as we wrap up matchup Thursday. Don't forget about lineup Friday tomorrow where we go DraftKings uh, deep diving for values there across the board to make up your DFS lineups as well as the injury updates you need to know. More updates on uh, Cook and uh, Madison as we'll get some practice reports there to break down and all the good stuff there. So you know you're playing the healthiest and best lineup there for week 16. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time here on Lineup Friday.